Welcome to the SPC's Fit Talks podcast. I'm your host, Sean Clarisi, and this is the first episode since January. I know, 10 months. It's been a long time. A lot of crazy things have happened uh, with coronavirus, quarantine. Um, it's, uh, it's election day today. It's been an election year. It's been one crazy election year, to say the least. And today, go out and vote. It's, you know, if you haven't already, um, get out there and vote for whoever you want to be put into office. Not just the president, but uh, for the Senate, for the House, representatives. Do, you know, you got to do your part and go vote no matter who you're voting for. Um, I got a few topics for today. Uh, one being uh, my training in terms of quarantine, as well as what I've kind of learned from quarantine training. Uh, same. Uh, on the same hand, uh, nutrition, uh, what I'm doing right now, and as well as um, kind of my new philosophy on nutrition, and as well um, how quarantine uh, affected my nutrition. Um, as well, I wanted to get into a little bit of mental health in terms of um, overcoming obstacles, but like um, I'll get into it more specifically when I get to there, but you, and you'll get the point that I'm trying to get across as well. I want to highlight a YouTuber that I, a fitness YouTuber specifically that I uh, enjoy and kind of want to make that a, uh, like a ongoing series where I, uh, f- you know, highlight a YouTube, a fitness YouTuber who I would recommend to people and who I think does a great job for the community. Um, and I wasn't able to do it uh, this time around, but uh, moving forward, I would like to do at the end of my podcast a uh, answer questions that I would leave up on Instagram as a Q&A. So, you know, you can ask me any questions you want about fitness or just kind of uh, general, maybe a little bit of general things. Um, I will have to kind of vet some questions. Um, I'm not going to answer very personal questions, but anything kind of basic, but keep it, try to keep it fitness related. Um, and I'll do the best to answer. Um, yeah, so let's get into this. Um, my, uh, training currently is full body, um, body weight training. I, uh, kind of, uh, over the course of these months have been, uh, trying to just figure out what I can do at home and, you know, kind of tying it with what I've learned through quarantine training in terms of what it, essentially what I am doing now is a culmination of what I've learned over the course of these months. Uh, and I think one of the most important things that I've learned is that you, especially with, um, especially if you don't have a full home gym, which I believe most people don't, uh, you still can bring the intensity, you know, you can go still go really hard, even if it's just body weight training. I think too many people, uh, especially with this quarantine training, like they kind of got into this mindset that since they're home, they can't really go as hard because they just don't have the amount of weight that they might've had at a gym. And I know this isn't for everyone, but, and I'm generalizing a bit, but I think it's important to highlight that Uh, And this was me too, because before quarantine happened, I was training for a powerlifting meet and, you know, I don't have 
the equipment that I would need for powerlifting at home. So at first I'm like, uh, you know, at first I was like, you know, damn, what am I going to do? You know, what kind of training can I do at home? I know I have dumbbells and I have a pull-up bar, but I really don't have that much weight. And, but quickly, and I, you know, obviously I'll credit this to someone who is a fitness, uh, advocate and a fitness, um, I won't say influencer, but like, uh, connoisseur, you know, I was able to bounce back real quickly and like figure out a program for me. And it started off as body weight training, um, with some weight training because I didn't want to have to dedicate the time I would have taken to do pike presses and learn how to do handstand pushups for my shoulders. So, uh, so my shoulders was mostly just uh, sitting presses. So there was some weight training as well. I um, would switch off bodyweight squats with um, jumping lunges, which became weighted jumping lunges just to develop power. Um, and I, it worked for a while. And then I got into weighted calisthenics because I kind of got bored of of just body weight. But the thing, the hard part that I ran into was that, like I said, I don't have a lot of weight at home. So I kind of destroyed a backpack that I uh, have and I maxed it out. I maxed out the amount of weight I could possibly use for training. So it was, you know, I, I think the highest weight I had in the bag was 105 pounds. And I used that for uh, rows. And at some point I was like, this is getting ridiculous. I think, um, I, this bag is going to break at some point. And honestly, like, you know, quarantine affected me financially a bit because for about a month and a half, I didn't have a job. Um, the shoe store I worked for closed and, uh, the beer distributor that I worked for, they had to cut back because of, um, because, you know, uh, it was even though stopping shops and stores like that were open, all the restaurants were gone, which means all the bars were gone. So they weren't cu- bringing in the same amount of revenue. So they kind of had to cut back. So for a month and a half, I didn't have a job. So, you know, you could say, oh, well, you could have, you know, bought more weight, buy more weights. It a if anyone knows trying to make their own home gym, it's very expensive. It gets expensive real quick. And I'm sorry, I'm not spending the amount of money it would require to get a, to get one dumbbell. That's five, five to 10 more pounds than what I have, which the max dumbbell I have is a 140 pound dumbbell. But to not give myself credit, but to understand like how, what I've learned is, um, in terms of intensity, I still brought the intensity that I was bringing with powerlifting. I, you know, went really hard, tried my best to just max out, like not only max out the weight, but just max out amount of reps I can do. Like I said, I started off with body weight training. Like it kind of, I kind of developed into like a pseudo bodylifting, uh, with some athleticism, uh, athletic training mixed in. And, uh, as well, and I'll get into it more later with uh, nutrition, but I also gained 15 pounds, uh, 10 to 15 pounds from before quarantine. So I gained, I won't say a lot of muscle. I, I would say at most I gained five to 
maybe eight pounds of muscle, but a significant amount. And so I kind of like taught myself that like, you know, no matter what happens and what kind of training you're doing, as long as you a have goals in mind and you track those goals, as well as you bring the intensity into your training, you will uh, reap benefits and you will see results. So to give you uh, a more specific, more specific examples, um, before quarantine, I was 180 to 185 pounds. I was, I had about probably at best 14 inch arms. I had 23 and a half inch legs currently. And I've, uh, for my arms, I've kind of plateaued a bit. Uh, I plateaued at 15 inch arms, which honestly I'm really happy about they're uh, you know they have a, a muscularity to them that i actually enjoy but there's still a good amount of size and i think 15 inch arms for most people is actually pretty big so there's that my legs however um i'm very impressed with this is uh, 27 inch legs so my legs are pretty big uh and i'm not saying this to brag i'm actually trying to highlight the fact that i kept uh, checking my progress. And this was the, this is something, this is a way you can check your progress. If muscle building is one of your goals, which I guess in a sense it was, um, as well in terms of like athletic training and power, uh, using the jumping lunges as, um, as a way to develop that I was able to keep, uh, my power even when I I was using, I think 80 pounds, uh, for the jumping lunges. Like, I think I got up to like 85 pounds, but like, you know, and the way I saw that was I was playing um, softball over the summer. Yes, they did push it back, but we were able to play softball. Um, but uh, the way I saw it was everyone on the team thought I was a lot faster than I was last year. So even though quarantine uh, stopped me from my pursu- stopped me from pursuing a powerlifting uh, goal. Um, I think I still was able to um, bring the intensity. And that's one of the things I've learned from quarantine training. The other thing is, is that the basics work. Uh, no, you know, I agree that especially if you're a power lifter and you're, or you're an intermediate to like advanced lifter, you might have to start doing more specific things in order to, uh, especially, I would say this, especially if you're a power lifter, and like you have certain like um like you're you're at a point where um the weight is really high and there are certain maybe like uh ailments not ailments uh we you have like certain weak points that you need to address with specific exercises i totally agree with that but what i'm saying is in terms of at home training um and trying to keep it relatively basic the basics work i think you know, I, you can boil down my training to squats, lunges, um, uh, push-ups, uh, and pull-ups, uh, sh- and shoulder presses. So not very complicated exercises at all and nothing really like specific. I would say the most specific exercise that I did was jumping lunges and that was because I wanted to develop power. Like that was the most technical exercise, but all the other ones, I mean, you know, any, you know, really like it's a, it was a very basic training program, but I think because I combined that with the intensity that I was going at, 
um, I was able to reap a lot of benefits from that. So for anyone who really thinks that like, you know, just doing the basics, you won't get that far. I kind of don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of um, benefits to just training the basics. And like, especially if you're someone who didn't really exercise before quarantine or just in general, you're a beginner, do the basics. You know, don't keep things simple. Don't overcomplicate yourself right away. Get more complicated when like you're plateauing a bit and you need to like address certain things. So yes, my arms have plateaued a bit. Could I like maybe throw in some bicep curls and maybe somehow throw in a more, um, maybe like throw some type of tricep training in that could, um, benefit more muscle growth and eke out maybe a few more, maybe not a few more, but like eke out some inches, maybe a half inch to an inch. Yeah, I probably could, but I don't have to. And I've gained an inch on my arms just, just from doing push ups and chin ups. So, uh, you know, what I've, you know, the one takeaway I want people to have from this is that a intensity has to be up there no matter what, but as well as the basics work. Uh, I guess one more thing that I kind of learned from quarantine training is that you got to be adaptable with your training and you gotta, uh, yeah, you gotta be adaptable. I think, um, you know, like I said, I went from powerlifting training immediately to this pseudo bodybuilding athletic training and, uh, you know, calisthenics wise and then weighted calisthenics, um, you know, I'm mixing in weightlifting, but like, I really had to be creative with my workouts. You know, there, I didn't have the luxury of having, uh, you know, a bench press. Um, like I don't even have a, uh, I don't even have a bench at all. Like I don't, there's no way of doing any type of like any type of bench press variation. There's no, like, I can't do f- any type of fly variation. Yeah. I could do flat, but to me, it's not worth it also because of the amount of dumbbell weight I have or the lack thereof. So, you know, strength training was really difficult and weighted calisthenics helped. But like I said, I kind of peaked because I just was limited by, uh, the factor of a backpack that was just going to be destroyed. And could I have bought a more durable backpack? Probably. But, you know, like I said, there are certain circumstances that kind of hindered me from this, but I really maxed out as much as I could. So leading into what I'm doing now, uh, body weight training is I'm just doing one max out set. So I'm training, I'm trying to train four times a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be an off day, but it will be mostly recovery and yeah, obviously rest. I got to give my body time to recover. Um, and then Thursday, Thursday, Friday. Now, if I do it three times a week, you know, I started off three times a week. I'm trying to move up to four times a week, but I might keep it at three for a bit. Um, the way I do three times a week is the way I did it when I, when quarantine first started was, um, a ABA structure. So, uh, but like not just that. So it's like whatever workout I did on Monday, uh, Tuesday will be the next workout and then Monday will be, uh, th- th- so Thursday would be 
the uh, Monday workout. But let's just say I don't work out Friday. So then we go back to Monday. And Friday through Sunday, not only do I work um, as well, uh, I'm going to try to make into like recovery stretching days if I don't work out on Friday especially. Um, But so then Monday would be workout B. So I'm constantly like I'm constantly flipping back and forth uh, because there are certain differences. So workout A is normal push-ups or slightly wide push-ups just to emphasize the chest more. Um, chin-ups, uh, squats, and pike presses. So uh, there's that. It's so in th- this is going this is my rule in terms for all of my training that i'm doing right now is that it's one max out set per exercise so yes i'm doing four max out sets max out sets in terms of uh, reps so i just rep out as many as i can basically to failure and i uh and then i move on to the next exercise i take a three minute break so i do push-ups squats three minute break chin-ups, pike presses. Workout B is uh, diamond push-ups or as close as I can get without like touching the diamond because it's for me, I kind of treat it as like a close grip bench. You wouldn't put your hands together during a close grip bench. And if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. You really shouldn't do that because you're putting your shoulders in a bad position and you're not putting yourself in the strongest position you could be while still emphasizing the triceps. So I try to go as close as possible, but not um, like touching. Uh, But I do those. And now I'm emphasizing the triceps. Uh, Instead of squats, it's lunges, uh, as many reps as I can on each leg. And then I take a three-minute break. Then it's pull-ups, and then it's pike presses. Pike presses have been the only consistent factor in terms of my training, and it's because I am slowly working towards a handstand push-up. So that's why I'm like constantly doing it. Uh, But what I've learned with this training is that, you know, obviously I agree that volume and frequency is probably the most efficient way of training. But if you're going, if you keep that intensity level high and you're still hitting all the muscle groups twice a week, you'll still see results. I think this training is perfectly fine. And like I said, uh, I was probably going into this training about with 26, 26 and a half inch legs. So I've gained about a half to an inch on my legs since I started this training. And I don't, re- uh, my arms, like I said, stayed the same, but they've been the same for a while now. I would say probably since June-ish, July. So what I want people to take away from the type of training is that if you're bringing the intensity, you know, you don't have to worry as much about how much volume uh, you're doing. So I guess what I, the best way I can describe it is that I'm doing frequency training more so than volume training. So uh, each muscle group, there's not, they're not getting a, a crap ton of um, volume, but what they are getting is a they're getting frequency training i'm hitting them twice a week and as well each muscle group is going like i'm pushing them to the highest i can in that exercise so push-ups my triceps and chest normal push-ups 
but especially the diamond pushups, like I'm go- my triceps are getting worked as hard as they can. Uh, my chest too, of course, uh, squats, squats and lunges. My legs are fucking burnt after that, after like the, as high as I can go. Um, you know, same with thing with chin-ups or pull-ups, like, you know, I I'm going as hard as I can. And because of this, I've hit PRs that I never thought I would ever hit. You know, I'm at, I think 31, 30, 31 reps for chin-ups and I'm at like 20, uh, what am I like 25 or 20, I I think 25 pull-ups. Like those are numbers I never thought I would ever hit. And I'm hitting them at not my highest weight, but I'm hitting them heavier than I was before training, before quarantine training. Yes. I put more emphasis on this type, on this type of training, but I think after maxing out the weight and I'm going back to body weight training, I'm really enjoying this because for me, it's get this one, I can fully focus on this one set and just go as hard as I can until, you know, I really can't do another rep. And I think because of that, I still keep that intensity level. I love the the way I'm training right now. It is so much fun. And let um and then going to pike presses because I've kept that has the most frequency because I'm not changing the exercise in any way. So I'm getting a lot of work in. Um, I'm at 28 reps. Uh, when I get to 30 is when I want to um move my feet higher. So right now it's flat pike press. I'm gonna do an elevated one just so that I get used to the higher elevation uh, and get my le- and get start slowly get used to my legs being at a higher higher up so that when I get to uh, the next step and then eventually handstand push-ups I, I get used to being um, going down straight and as well as like so I get used to like being upside down a bit but as well I get used to my legs being in that position so that I uh, can do handstand push-ups because that um that low has been a low key goal of mine has been able to just re, uh, do handstands, let alone handstand pushups. So some, it's just a goal of mine. And that kind of goes as well with being adaptable with your training that I've learned. Like I said earlier is I've had to adapt a lot with my training and figuring out what works best for me with quarantine training. Um, uh, my girlfriend's helping me, uh, de- create a uh better home gym for me um as well and one other and it's not really something i've learned from quarantine training i've always known this but just something to highlight is uh the recovery is so important for anyone in in terms of training uh so she's helping me develop now will i still have the weight that i was able to use at the gym no but I think the weight that she that I will be able to get from, you know, you know, whether it's Christmas or anniversary or just in general, uh, I could still use for recovery. Um, and, you know, especially not only on my off days, but maybe start stretching more after my workouts and in uh, in like, you know, in between workouts, either at night or at some point. So I think I've hit everything I wanted to talk about in terms of training. So just to kind of highlight things like uh, 
Keep your intensity up. Be adaptable. The basics work. And um, I think just in general, don't be afraid to push yourself, even though you're, you know, yeah, you're working out at home. You know, if it means finding a spot somewhere in your house that like feels more like a gym or just has a different feeling than your living room, I think uh, is important. But, you know, take all that, all that, you know, take everything that I've learned um, and apply it to yourself and look at yourself and look at your training right now and think about what you can improve and where maybe you're doing things right. And, you know, it could get boring. I'm not going to lie. It can get boring, but I think any training can get boring after a while. So that's really not an excuse. So just do your training, do it hard, adapt it when you need to, and keep the, uh, yeah, do it hard. (laughs) And if you need to use the basics, the basics will help you especially if that's your only options. Uh, so getting into nutrition now, I think, so like I said, I gained 10 to 15 pounds. And I think a lot of people, but you know, me included, uh, when quarantine happened uh, initially, especially for someone who lived in New York where quarantine was very uh, tight, um, I think... I think I accepted that I would have probably gained weight. So that's why I kind of went into a bodybuilder, more bodybuilder type mindset. So I tried to eat as healthy as possible still. It was more difficult because my parent, you know, my parents really, it was a lot more difficult buying stuff and accepting things. And then not just me, but like other family members uh, got, um, I won't say they didn't get laid off, but like, you know, work was less, especially someone like my dad, who is a uh, truck driver. He, you know, his company makes duck work for construction. Well, construction got halted. So and so I think in terms of being able to buy the foods that we normally did, it got a little more difficult. But like I said, you know, I kind of accepted weight gain. Um, so right, right from the start of quarantine, my nutrition wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great though. And I kind of like, I kind of like allowed myself to, allowed myself to, eh, what's the word? Um, indulge myself. Uh, whether it was alcohol or other things like sweets and whatnot. Um, But I kind of hit a point where I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Um, And this is something that I've always struggled a bit with is um, trying to find the right weight for me and the way I look at that weight. And I think even though initially it was more of like, accepting because of quarantine i think now more than ever and this will tie into my nutrition um and my new philosophy on nutrition is that i like the weight i'm at because of the 
mix of muscularity and size. I thought I liked it at 180, 185, but now that I am a little bigger, but I still kept, especially like my arms and my legs, my muscularity. I've never had a six pack, so it's not a big deal for me. But I think in general, there is a, um, in general, I enjoy the fact that I'm 190 to 195. Um, and this ties into my new nutrition philosophy of, um, is that rather than trying to cut things out in terms of nutrition, um, altogether, rather than doing that, which I think are drastic moves that should only be applied when it's really needed. But in general, I think what most people can do that will really just help them is make better decisions while not cutting, not completely cutting out uh, things that you enjoy. Um, I think too many people try to just cut out things. And what ends up happening is that when you cut out things, you're going to ultimately cut out things you enjoy And if you either a allow yourself one day a week to have it, you might binge on those things because you haven't had them in so long. Um, so one of the things that I've come to accept is that, uh, I am a foodie. I love food. Um, I love, you know, and there's a lot of things that I love about food. So what I've accepted is that if I can make better decisions and, Keep myself at a maintenance calorie intake. Make sure that my protein, it, uh, my protein intake, is um, high enough. Because a protein, of course, is the building block for muscle. It helps with pro, you know protein protein synthesis helps with muscle uh, building, and it helps you stay in anabolic state, not a catabolic state. Um, but also. Protein is the most thermogenic of all of the macromolecules. So I'm not saying that like if you just eat a shit, uh, eat a crap ton of protein, you will um, just burn fat. But what I am saying is that it um, it allows for you to be in a more uh, fat burning state. So, but of course, and I you know I have to put a giant emphasis on this is that. You will not burn fat or lose weight just because you're eating more protein. You still have to be in a calorie deficit. I'm just saying that if you are in a calorie deficit and you're eating more protein, you'll allow your body to build muscle and burn fat better. I'm not saying at all that just eating protein alone will help you burn fat and lose weight. There's a lot of things that factor into that, but... at um. But all I'm saying is that keeping your protein, you know, if you're hitting your protein goals and you're keeping it relatively high, uh, no matter what you're doing, you will uh, be in a better state of gaining muscle and burning fat. Everything else, as long as it, um, as long as you keep it, you keep your, your nutrition like mostly healthy. So, and you don't, but you find a way to have a healthier option of foods that you like, I think that that will help a lot of people go a long way in terms of finding their nutrition. So if you're in a calorie deficit, but you're you're enjoying the foods that you eat and you're still eating healthy, 
I think that's like the perfect thing. And that's what I've like my new philosophy on things is that whenever I've tried losing weight is that I've usually cut out things. And I think what happens is I get to a point where I like just crave it so much that like I get I just get to this point of um <coughs> oh, my throat's getting dry I need some water oh, been talking for 32 minutes straight Whew, okay so I think uh, I think I've I get to a point where I'm like I just crave it so much and it's not even you know it is willpower at that point but I think it's kind of ridiculous so that like I am restricting myself from this um, for arbitrary goals so yes I'm keeping myself at 190 195 but even if I decided to lose weight I know right now that the way I'm eating even if I had to cut out something but not not cut out any real food group more of just like cutting uh maybe cutting maybe like a meal or a snacker here just to lose some weight it still won't be that detrimental because i fully enjoy the way i'm eating you know i'm eating four slices of french toast with uh berries and sugar-free um maple syrup essentially almost every day and at first you know people in my family are like Sean what are you doing like why, why are we going through so much bread but they kind of accepted what I'm doing but here's the thing um you know that meal fills me up I enjoy it every time I have it you know I've never not had it and it wasn't enjoyable like I always have it and you know just to specifically break it down it yeah four slices of bread oh no I'm not a carbophobe. So four slices of bread, my mom usually buys or I will buy um, 60 to 70 calorie bread. So it's not even that many calories. So, you know, it's 240 to 280 calories. That's like nothing. Then you factor in three eggs. Yes, I, you know, I eat animal products. I think most people know that. So, but, you know, I have three eggs. That's 210 calories. By the way, it's usually we have relatively high protein uh, bread. So it's like 24 grams of protein usually. I think it's like usually we get uh, bread that's like six to eight grams of protein. So, you know, it's like 24 to 32 grams of protein right there. Then three eggs is usually seven grams of protein each. So that's 21 grams. So now we're at... Um, 45 to 53 i think grams of protein and then you get and then you factor in either normal peanut butter or i have the powder like pb fit 2 which i actually so you know I, I i like regular peanut butter i think it tastes better but like if you look at the if you look at in general like how um if i like make sure that that powder protein is like at least the same amount of calories as the normal 
protein, you get a lot more protein in the powder for the same amount of calories and you get more fat or around the same amount of fat, but it's mostly like if at all, um, unsaturated fat, which is the healthy fat, like that powder protein, uh, peanut butter, I think is amazing. Um, but I like going back and forth cause there's a consistency difference that, and a slightly different taste that like, sometimes I'm just more in the mood for the regular protein, but like that alone right there, like I never thought about, you know, like I always enjoy breakfast, but like, I never thought like having four slices of French toast every single day would be so enjoyable, but it is. And then you throw in the fruit, which adds that sweetness to factor as well as the sugar-free maple syrup. And that's another thing that like the sugar, it's not just sugar-free maple syrup. Like I've really bothered my family with this, but just like, you know, just making better options. So instead of, instead of full sugar, full calorie, um, maple syrup I get, and you know, just a tiny bit is not only, yeah, it might be a little bit in calories, but like it's a crap ton of sugar. That's not healthy for you. So I get the sugar free one, which is less calories, no sugar. Uh, and just to move forward with this, no, I do not think that fake sugar will kill you. It will give you cancer and whatnot. Um, yes, there's a lot of studies that may show that, but there's also a lot of studies that show the opposite and say that it's perfectly fine. And the amount that you would have to eat on a daily basis is essentially not feasible. Like I think some studies show that it's like, you'd have to eat like a gallon of it a day and like no one's eating a gallon. Like it's, it's like the equivalent of eating, of drinking like, uh, like a 12 pack of diet soda a day like who's really doing that so i don't think it's i don't think it it will kill me in any way and i and for me the benefits outweigh the potential uh side effects i guess not even side effects just like the potential harm i don't i'm you know full-blown going with that um but so moving forward you know when I'm at work, instead of buying, like, if I feel like, man, I need a Gatorade, like, I need electrolytes, I'll get the sugar, like, I'll get the Gatorade Zero. It may not taste as good, but it tastes good enough where it doesn't bother me. Like, you know, sometimes I do need an energy drink, especially at work. I might get an energy drink. I get the sugar-free energy drink. Yes, it's still not the healthiest thing, but it's healthier than the full sugar one. Um... Uh, I've tried different sugar-free uh, jelly and jams and Concord grapes still taste great sugar-free. Yeah, there's a slight difference in taste, but I still think it's good. Um, sugar-free chocolate syrup that I mostly only use in recipes, but and that that's where I'm like, that's like the hardest thing for me in terms of like trying. I, I really can't have it by itself or even in chocolate milk in chocolate milk, maybe, but like, even then it's like, I don't like drinking milk by itself. Really? Like I like using milk in recipes, but, and I don't really like the alternatives for milk. So, um, but sugar-free chocolate syrup is probably the one thing, like, I really don't recommend it unless you need it in a recipe. Um, 
but yeah, like going with this low sugar diet um, and this high protein diet. That's another thing. Like I've been using protein powder more and I've been trying and I've been learning to like make stuff that are higher in protein. So like making alternatives to what I would have, you know, alternatives to the less protein filled, more um, calorie thing. So the best thing I think I've made so far uh, in this journey and I'm like, you know, playing around with recipes and I'm trying to figure out what's good. Um, initially the problem that I kind of ran into with my family is that it's not that they didn't like it. It's that all I had was chocolate protein powder. So everything was really chocolatey. And if you're not a big chocolate person, it's just too much sometimes, which I understand. So now I have a vanilla one, so I'm going to be going back and forth. But, uh, the the best thing I made was a, uh, chocolate cheesecake bites that I, yes, and I covered with like a little bit of um, cocoa pebbles. So yeah, was that maybe a little higher in sugar a bit because of the cocoa pebbles? Yes, but it was probably the best tasting thing I've made so far. But like, and like they genuinely like it. So if I can get my recipes so that these, so that, you know, people in my family and like my girlfriend, like they actually genuinely like it, then I can move forward with that and maybe making a uh, recipe book or making something where I can recommend these recipes to you guys and make videos uh, showing you how to make it. And like I said, maybe a recipe book where I can help more people. But these are things that I've been, these are my, this is my new philosophy of nutrition is that I a want to enjoy my nutrition as much as possible. Like I, because I believe fully believe that once nutrition is your lifestyle and this is the way you just eat because that is the way you eat, it will help you, exponentially especially once you like and look do i still think at times you have to be restrictive yes if you are someone who's really overweight or obese and you need to get to a certain weight yes then i don't think uh then i do think you need to maybe cut out some things for now get to that weight you want to be at Um, And then you can slowly implement them back in. And that's when maybe you can start a diet like mine um, where, you know, you kind of throw in things that like you enjoy or you try to make tasty alternatives to what you want. Um, I asked for it. I hope I get it um, for Christmas is a uh, Ninja Blender because I've seen uh, online and on YouTube and the person I'm going to highlight today is. recommends a ninja blender and he he's one of the people that have shown me this new philosophy on nutrition is sorry i had to drink some water wait a minute um talking for 43 straight minutes is uh pretty tough pretty tough might need a break at some point if uh, this goes uh, much longer. Um, I think... Where was I? Oh, is um, I want to use a Ninja Blender because, A, we don't really have a blender. I think the best thing we... I mean, I have a small blender and we have a food processor, but they're not that good. Is um, There are certain uh, recipes that I still haven't been able to try to make because, especially like 
um, protein ice cream or like a like a good shake is that uh, and those are things that I like still like want to try and like there's so many things that I want to do and that once everything that I have is perfect is there and all that I will be able to but some takeaways from this whole uh, new nutrition thing is that you know don't over focus on the macromolecules. Try not to be afraid of things. And if you need to cut things out to get to the weight that you want to be, that you know, you have to accept that sometimes. But once you're at the weight that you want to be, find ways to eat the things that you enjoy without the guilt and without feeling like you're uh, once you feel like your nutrition is on point to the point where, you know, if if granted, you know, you go out with some friends on a Saturday and maybe you binge a little bit the next day, you know, you may feel like sh- crap, but you're perfectly fine the next day to just get right back on it. You know, you uh, get right back on the horse and you keep going. And I think that is the point of which I want to get to. And I think I am getting to that point, but as well, um, I'm still not there yet and I'm still working towards that goal. Um, but at the end of the day, if you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're losing weight, you're gaining weight or you're maintaining weight, uh, don't overfocus on the macromolecules. If you have to count your calories, count your calories, get to a point where you kind of know what uh, you kind of know how much you're eating. Um, not recommending intuitive eating right away. I actually recommend people to count their calories first, get to understand how much food you're eating and where you have to make adjustments, and then um, slowly implement what I would call intuitive eating. But like, just like if you know, it, it, it's intuitive because you know from counting your calories how much you're eating. Um, and really the only macromolecule I would say that, uh, the two things you should really focus on, uh, calories is your protein intake. Like I said before, cause it's really thermogenic, uh, thermogenic, thermogenetic, um, in terms of it'll help you, uh, game, help you build muscle better and burn fat, especially if you're in a calorie deficit. Um, and focus on your fiber intake. That's another thing that I've kind of like, like with eating more fruit, but also like using stuff like coconut flour in my recipes, just trying to get as much fiber in as possible. Cause I, fiber is very important. It keeps your bowels moving perfectly fine. Like it keeps you normal. Uh, it's nothing like there's, there's no harm in having a good amount to a lot of fiber in your day. So I think that's very important. And that's where I'm really at nutrition wise. I think over the course of these months, like I've like gone up and down and like, but I've really just accepted that. Like I want to enjoy what I eat, but you know, and I'm trying my best to make these like healthy alternatives and you know, it's going to take some time, but, um, you know, really just focus on those three things. And I think you'll be fine. I think if you focus on for whatever goals you have, your calorie count, 
uh, your protein intake and your fiber intake, I think you'd be good. I think that's like right where you should be. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break, uh, just to give my mouth a break. Um, I'll be back in a sec. Thank you. Make a quick announcement. I'm going to address mental health in the next episode. Um, it's not that I feel like this is going too long. I actually, um, I'm about where I thought I would be as well as I am maybe a little longer, but, um, I just have some other obligations that I need to get to. Um, and as well, I don't feel fully prepared for mental health. Yes, I want to address it today, but I think give it, you know, I'll give it some time, maybe gather things that I would want, and then I will um, bring it to you better than I probably would have been because uh, I feel like I'm rambling a bit uh, in the last two things. And I, it's not that I, you know, I just, I will feel more comfortable if I um, just hold it off for the next episode. So I think I'm just going to uh, highlight the YouTuber that I um, enjoy uh, and then, you know, then probably get to the end. So uh, the YouTuber that I want to uh, first highlight is um, Greg Doucette. He Greg Doucette is a um, IFBB pro bodybuilder. Um, he's a world record holder in the bench press he's uh he did i think 50 shows uh natural uh before he like got into f uh ifbb and uh yes he's on he uh did he he did a he did steroids for a while he's only on hrt now um but what I enjoy about Greg the most is that his no BS attitude towards uh, nutrition and training. And um, I think what he does a great job is that he just he gives you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. And he always says that in his uh, videos that he, you know, he says what he, what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I think that's very important. And I think his philosophy too, on just nutrition and training, um, has affected me a bit. He was one of the first people to like, that I really like took serious when in terms of like this high protein diet and like what you can actually do. Um, he's the one who's given me the idea about the ninja blender and like all these recipes. And there's other people that I will address later that as well, I've uh, developed this like attitude towards, but I think Greg more than anything is the perfect example of what the fitness community needs right now. I think a lot of the fitness community is, um, just kind of riddled with, um, uh, snakes and, uh, yeah, just like people that like per hide behind these like Instagram photos that like and and these un, these unrealistic attainable goals. Like even Greg admits like, yes, you know, I've taken steroids and yes, I'm on HRT. So should you expect to look the way I look? No. Like if you're natural, don't expect to look like me. But he also is like like he's reasonable to the point where he's like 
you know, look, whatever you think you want your body to look, go for halfway. Like go, go halfway towards your goals. And that you'll probably be super satisfied with that because he's honest because he's done so many bodybuilding shows. Like he knows that like being sub 8% body fat is just not worth it. And you can't hold on to that lo- uh, all year long. So he tells people like stay at like 12 to 15% body fat for guys. And I think he says like 20 to 24% body fat for girls. That might be a little high. 24 but like you don't understand my point like he's saying like you know go for more attainable goals just when you're doing it you know be honest with yourself train as hard as possible and you know eat as healthy as possible and you know he has plenty of videos and turn on training on um on nutrition he has plenty of videos talking about other people in the community uh, he has a lot of natty or not videos, which is just um, looking at a person's body of work and seeing if they are natural or they're not, and whether they're lying about their natural status or not, and whether it actually matters. Um, but there's one video that I want to highlight from Greg, and it's called, um, I think it's called uh, Values of Li- uh, Value of Life, um, Money... Uh, exercise versus money, what's more important? And I think it's one of his more important videos and one of his better videos. And I think the overwhelming, like, I think what Greg is trying to get addressed there is, um, uh, if you could exercise an hour a day and you, for every hour you work out, and he says this in the video, so I'm just more of like paraphrasing what he's saying is that um, for every hour you work out, you gain an hour in your life. And over the course of time, you'll gain days, if not years on your life. Um, is that more important? That uh, Is that less important than if you were given a crap ton of money, but you couldn't work out? And I think what Greg does great in that video is that he puts in perspective that, yes, Everyone needs money, needs a certain amount of money to live, but you cannot put that above your health and exercise. And I think it's a great message. I think it's one of the best videos he's done. And uh, I highly recommend him. Go check him out. Go check out his channel on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Greg Doucette. Um, I, uh, and I think he has an Instagram. Just look him up, Greg. Uh, yeah, he has an Instagram. I think it's Greg Doucette, at Greg Doucette. Um, but yeah, uh, just a couple things. Um, he uh, His voice may remind you of um, Gottfried, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, or uh, the parrot from uh, the parrot from Peter Pan. Uh as well, um, like I said, you know, he's he's been on steroids, so his body's, I won't say ridiculous, like, but, you know, he's he's a pretty, like, built guy, but you can tell he's on steroids. But, um, so if that's maybe off-putting to you, also, he's very blunt, and he's very honest about how he feels about things. So, like, if that's not your cup of tea, I completely understand, but I think just in general, uh, he's a He's a great fitness YouTuber. He's great for the community. I think he's doing great work. 
and I hope you uh, check him out. Um, and I think that's all for the show today. I think uh, first video, uh, first no video, first podcast back in almost a uh, almost a year. Um, like I said, a lot of things have happened. Uh, a lot of it's been a crazy year, and we're coming to the end of it. Uh, just, you know, quick reminder that today is, uh, election day again and, you know, get your vote in, but just, just understand that, you know, we all had to go through this in some form or another, and I think we're all going to get through it. And I think that, um, this isn't, and I, and I also think that we need to understand that it's something that we're going to have to learn to live with. And and that uh, um, the and I think we're learning more about the virus as it goes on. And you know, look, if you uh, are someone who has lost someone due to the coronavirus, um, uh, my hearts and prayers go out to you. But I think we will see the light at the end of this tunnel. And I know this has been a crazy year, um, and. Uh, that's why I can't wait to address mental health because I think, you know, that has been really affected because of this pandemic. But um, last closing notes is that um, we will we uh, we will get through this. And I think that we won't this isn't the end of, you know, your I don't think this is the end for most people's lives. I don't think this is the end of this country. I don't think this is the end for the world. I think that we will get through this. We will figure it out. I think um, Americans are one of the most resilient people in the world. And I think um, uh, and I think this highlighted how important um, having... I think this, is, this thing highlighted more than ever is that how important like having a... Uh, like a framework of people in your lives to like help you get through this. Cause I know initially, you know, especially losing my job, my two jobs, like it really took a lot of motivation out of me. And even like with school now, like school being online, like my motivation is like, it, I have to get it back. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people. But I think, look, we're almost there. Um, but also be the reality that like, um, just because we get to 2021, I don't think this will be over, but I think we're slowly getting, I think we're slowly, um, moving towards the light. I think we're, uh, rounding the corner. Um, and I think, uh, things will be getting better soon. And I hope, you know, you know, I hope that, um, more and more people start to see that. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I, like I said, I was really excited about this podcast and, um, I hope everyone has a great election day and I hope everyone has a, uh, just a great day in general and, uh, and don't let the coronavirus ruin any good things in your lives. Thank you and have a great day.